What's up, everybody? Welcome to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. Today, we will be talking about Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, developed by Ubisoft Montreal, Ubisoft Milan, Ubisoft Kiev, published by Ubisoft. And I was freaking stoked for this game. I remember them coming out saying, this game, you are about to be a pirate during the golden age of piracy. You will have a ship that you can upgrade and a crew. It's going to be this beautiful, almost seamless open world where you can sail anywhere you want to. You can attack ships, take treasure from them, take resources from them, plus all the good, beautiful stuff of Assassin's Creed. All of the sneaky, stabby, (laughs) fighty, but on pirate ships, I mean, I just was stoked. But really, the thing I was most excited for was the fact that you were going to be a pirate with your own pirate ship and crew. Um, you know, some of the other stuff that they leaked was the having the crew sing shanties. Yeah. Um, that there were only going to be so stupid, but it's so fun. So fun. Um, they, uh, like I said, almost a seamless world because there were a couple of big towns that you did have to load into. I was about to say there, there was a couple areas in which you had to, like when you pulled into port, it gave you a brief loading scene. I remember those actually being super quick. Oh yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it did not, it did not feel long at all, but yeah, once you were pretty much out in the ocean, you could sail from, from any point and, I mean, there were there were times where I would land on an island because there was oh yeah because you can hunt for sunken you can hunt for buried treasure. I thought that was going to be fun. Yeah, because you're yeah. a pirate. But yeah, you could land on one island and then literally, and I did this swim to an entirely different island. Yeah, and everything was open. There was no loading screens. It was going to be super cool, and I was so excited for it. I love the the underwater aspect. Yeah, like the fact that you could actually dive. Like now your character knew how to swim. Mm. Like fucking crazy. <laughs> Like, I always thought it was hilarious that in the uh, first couple of uh, Assassin's Creed games, your character was, like, phobia of water. (laughs) You fell in it, even if it was, like, a bucket, and you're like, oh, (laughs) desynchronization. No, I was pretty excited for this, too. Part of it was because I was excited to see how they were going to continue the story now that Desmond is dead. Mm -hmm. And how they were going to go forth with that. And then on top of it, the fact that they, like... Up until this point, I don't remember a whole lot of people calling for, like, a Pirates Assassin's Creed. And then they're like, we're doing a Pirates one. And everybody was like, fuck yeah, Pirates! <laughs> fuck yeah, Pirates! And, like, in all honesty, I think Pirates is almost one of those. It's not cliche, but it is so fitting of Assassin. Because, one, Pirates themselves have their own codes mm-hmm. and ethics and morals and so do assassins and they may not conform with the rest of normal society but they strictly follow those so like pulling these two kind of um cultures together in one like this i was like this is gonna be amazing yeah because i think it's really fitting like i think it's more fitting than anything we've seen before like with Altair and his whole thing like that was just their assassin order and it was very much more like a religion and then you have Ezio who again kind of fell into this lifestyle but it was more of a code of beliefs and everything like that and you didn't really see a whole like unit of people that conformed to this Mm -hmm. so for this like well and then American Revolution which you were basically participating in guerrilla warfare which at that point in time was like heresy yeah this just kind of like 
pulled it all together in beautiful unison for me. And that's what I was excited about mm-hmm. was, was those aspects of the fact of like, this to me is kind of like that perfect time period. That's not cliche. Like you're not giving me assassins yeah. from, you know, medieval Japan or China. <laughs> you're, you're giving me that assassin type atmosphere, but you're pulling away from the cliche-ness of the Orient. Right. So, yeah, like, as you said, this took place during the golden period of piracy, which was like 1650 to 1730, 1740. Again, it's it's one of those things that, like, we think we know a whole lot about pirates, but in fact, we actually know a whole lot of myth about pirates. (laughs) So it was kind of cool because they had a lot of stuff to pull from. Like, you could pull from the historical facts. Like, you meet a lot of historical pirates in this game. Yeah. A lot. You meet Blackbeard, Hornigal... Mary Reed, who better known as James Kidd. I was about to say, wasn't that James Kidd? Yep. And Charles Vane. Uh, um, State Bonnet. Yep. Uh, Calico Jack. Like, there, there's, yeah, you meet, you meet a lot of them. I think this was one of those, I don't know if it's fact or fiction, right? Like, there's a lot about this that I can't tell you, mm-hmm. being the history buff that I like to be. What's real and what's yeah. not, right? Because... <laughs> It's rumored that all of these pirates did come together and they started a pirate haven Mm -hmm. together, which ultimately collapsed because the pirate code itself doesn't really lead to the ability to be as like, I'm not trying to say like a non-civilized society, but really that's kind of what it is, right? Like they're plunder first, do whatever you want kind of atmosphere, no rules, no law. It's almost like anarchy. Yeah, there's no infrastructure really set up about keeping things kind of going on. You know, there's no... Economy. Yeah, there's no economy. There's no... There's Yeah, there's just... It, it is very much go out, hit your target, take what you want, bring it back, and a little live bit... Live off of it. Yeah, you live off of it. You kind of share with other people, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that after a while, everybody just kind of... And not to mention, right... It was outlawed. Like this was against the law. Oh yeah. So Huge. well, they were pirates. Yeah. <laughs> well, in playing the game, I think they did. They did that really well. They brought in the outlaw aspect mm-hmm. and what was going on during this time period, because pirates had become a huge problem. Because at the at the time, this was the main mode of transportation of goods and services yep. were through ships. Yep. So if you had to worry about transporting my goods from Spain down to the Cape of Africa mm-hmm. or vice versa, and along that route being waylaid by pirates, it became a huge economic crisis across the entire region. Mm-hmm. Not not like just, oh, eh, fuck, I lost my goods because of piracy. It was like, oh, fuck, I lost my goods because of piracy. Now I can't pay the rent on my ship. Yeah. Now I can't pay the rent on the, the, the port fees. Now I can't, like... Now it's being all taken away from me, and I went from this modestly rich Frenchman mm-hmm. to fucking hobbling along the street with a bucket in my hand, begging people to, you know, drop some francs in. Yeah. Like, it it, <laughs> it could really destroy you. I like, because the running themes in these games has always been, right, the screen always starts with, this was developed by a multicultural team of various yeah. faiths yeah. and beliefs and all this other kind of stuff. And what I like about this one is... There's a moment where the main protagonist, Edward Kenway, says, we are not attacking civilian merchants. We are only attacking the armies of Great Britain and Spain. And I remember thinking to myself, that's a good way to make us keep being the good guys. (laughs) Because that's not what pirates really did. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) But but in this game, that's kind of what they want to go. Well, and for his storyline purposes, that is what he's mainly doing. Like, he did... 
in the storyline for this character, yeah. that's what he did. Because, again, he was going after those because they were ruled by the Templar Order. So, no, it, it, it was kind of funny that they did this specific call out of, like, we are not bad people who yeah. are bankrupting civilians. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we are good, honest, hardworking pirates. We are only taking we are only taking on the military, not the innocent civilians. Ooh, yeah, that's skewing history just a little bit. So, just a little side note before we continue on. I do want to apologize to you guys. I am kind of fighting off a little something right now. We have a bunch of fires going on around where we live, and it is greatly affecting me and my voice, if you can't tell, but a lot lot of congestion and everything. So, if you hear some of that going on, I already apologize. But, back to it. I was excited, too. It was something that I was greatly looking forward to. It definitely didn't take long to come out. Like, I I thought it was going to take a lot longer. And, like, one of the reasons why I mainly remember this game is because this game came out around the same time as the PS4. And I had already pre-ordered the game for the PS3. Mm -hmm. But I was like, fuck, I don't want to have to go out and re-pre-order the game for the PS4 or anything like that. Or have to re-buy the game for the PS4. Um, Because I think the PS4 came out a little bit after this one. This one came out in October, late October. Yeah, and the PS4 was released the next month, November. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't want to have to go out and, like, rebuy the game. So I remember PlayStation actually coming out going, you don't have to. You stick in the game disc. We're going to give you the digital version. You can download it and then play the game on the PS4. So, like... Because I was impatient, I started the game on the PS3 (laughs) and then restarted the game on the PS4 because I wanted to see the difference in graphics. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, there was a decent step up in the graphics from the PS3 version to the PS4 version. But not to say that this wasn't a beautiful game either way. I mean, just the water effects alone. You're doing a pirate game. The number one thing you have to get right is the water effects. Well, and... And it looked gorgeous. But think of... Add to the fact of at the time period, and even to this day, water is the hardest thing to program because of reflections, the way that it moves, mm-hmm. the freedom of it. Like, it is the hardest thing to program. And I remember sailing around on the ship going, holy fuck, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Fucking whales coming up right next to you. Jumping out of the water. Yeah. The water would part appropriately. They would hit into your wakes appropriately. Like, I was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Like, the attention to detail with the water movement, which I will hands down give Ubisoft. Like, I don't know what the team size was for that, how many people they put on it, but I applaud every single fucking one of them because they took what I consider to be the hardest thing in the world to program. And I think fucking mastered it. Oh, it's great. It really is great. Uh, there are a handful of games I've seen that do water better. Right. And and they're, and they're more recent games. I know. You know, and this game is seven years old at time of recording. And the water effects look just barely, barely not as good as stuff that's, you know, come out in the last couple of years. So, no, they really hit a, a home run with this. Oh, they did. They really did. And in all aspects, like you have the ship rocking back and forth. Mm -hmm. You can watch the people move on it as you're sailing. You can like, you can see just the wave of the flag. Mm -hmm. Like I remember hitting a storm front and literally watching the flag completely switch directions. Mm -hmm. 
in that moment and then the storm hit and the rolling of the waves and the flying through the storm and your crew being like, oh my God, this is fucking insane. What are we doing? Like they wouldn't sing. You know what? I'm going to come back to that. They wouldn't see sing. God, I can't do it, guys. I can't do it. I am getting so tongue tied. They wouldn't sing sea shanties. During that that time period, mm-hmm. I had a really hard time saying that, <laughs> but it was kind of amazing because it did feel with the flow. And then they one of the things they kind of touched on it, if you remember, in Assassin's Creed Three, were the sea battles. And in this, they brought it to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. in my mind, like yeah. they really perfected that. You you had these great sea battles. You could board the other people's ships and go into hand to hand combat on it sink their shit capture it boom you're good to go you you sail away sell the goods you're you're all set mm-hmm. like it was amazing as you said the, the treasure hunting for the pirates like oh god i just <laughs> so if you can't tell out of all the assassin's creed games up to this point and even a little bit beyond it, this is my favorite like i think this is the number one assassin's creed game and, and quite honestly a lot of people that i've talked to I haven't heard much disagreement on that fact. Like they did incredible things with this game, not only from the storyline perspective, but how much stuff you could do in this massive open world. And I, it truly was massive. Yeah. Hands down favorite Assassin's Creed game of all time for myself. And yeah, there was, you know, it still had a lot of the Assassin's Creed kind of things to it. It had synchronization points you had to climb up to and see it had the collectibles, you could, but they were all. You had animus fragments, and then you could get you know information on different areas. Yeah. But the coolest thing you could collect were sea shanties. You could collect mm. more songs. Okay, so I don't know if that was the coolest thing you could collect because to me, I know this seems silly. Do you remember fishing? Yes. Like sitting in that fucking boat with a harpoon. Yeah. And a great white comes up and you're like spearing the shit out of it. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. Like to me, that was the coolest thing because it wasn't, it wasn't entirely unrealistic Mm -hmm. for the time period. Mm -mm. And it was, it was just really cool. Now, granted, like here I'm harpooning a, you know, a freaking humpback whale and it's like dragging me across and I'm like, Moby Dick much. (laughs) Um, But like, it was still cool. It was mm. still super fun. And I loved I loved going around the globe and hitting these fishing spots mm-hmm. and hunting these epic fish. These big creatures, yeah. Yeah, and then on top of it, they also still kept in and incorporated land hunting, which mm-hmm. they had epic, um, epic creatures on there, too. So, like, I know it seems silly. I liked it. I liked doing that. And, like, just the little collectibles that you could do. I thought that, I thought that was way cooler than... The sea <laughs> And this is coming from a person who was in the Navy that, you know, like, did that kind of stupid shit. Like, because they're funny to us and we sing them in the Navy all the time anyways, even though, you know, like, we don't actually don't need sing to. them. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, because historically speaking, the sea shanties were to get everybody in time with raising the sails, lowering the sails, the anchor and stuff like that. Yep. It was what they used to keep time so everybody would work together. You don't really have to do that nowadays, but nope. it's still kind of a fun throwback. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And it's still something we, we sing them, we know them, we all that. And it was. I'm not saying it wasn't cool to collect them. I just found the other collectibles mm-hmm. to be way more interesting. Oh, no. Me. And don't get me 
me wrong, right? I mean, there's tons of outfits that you can craft by collect by hunting these animals and getting stuff like that. Those are all cool. The different weapon sets, right? You get sword yeah. sets and gun sets, and you know, I mean, yeah, you can you can do stuff to collect all that. The outfits, yeah, right. I mean, I just touched on it, but not even that, but just getting the money to buy different kind of outfits. It really added a fun level of customization to your character because you could dress your pirate how you wanted to be dressed. Yeah. And, and, you know, talking of weaponry, mm-hmm. let's go into that, right? Because here they very much stuck with your pirate weapon set, man. Mm-hmm. Like you had pistols strapped all over you Yep, because it was a fire once kind of like drop it and go into the battle type deal. There was no like, reloading type deal there there was right but it, it it made you feel like boom 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 okay now i'm gonna go in with my dual sabers and just chop the shit out of you and it was cool <laughs> like you could still use your assassin's blade i remember mm. going from the mast of my ship to the mast of the other person's ship and dropping down on the captain and fucking assassinating mm. them and shit like that which was ultimately your goal if you did that like the rest of the crew went oh shit yeah <laughs> and you know kind of battle somewhat stopped unless you chase them down and cut them apart which <laughs> i did a lot i was a, i was a bad pirate you just blew all the boats out of the water oh god yeah dude <laughs> dude there was so much and i just how could you not i yeah no like, don't, don't get me wrong i totally I, I did that too a lot i mean if i was if i was hunting for the sake of hunting not because i actually needed any sort of specific resource yeah what do i care if I lose half of those resources by blowing it out of the water. Right. It's still fun to blow a ship up. Well, but at the same time, even if I was hunting for a certain resource, mm-hmm. there was so many of them. I, w- I would almost agree with you. Metal. I had a hard time finding really? metal. Metal oh. always was elusive. Okay. I would have seven ships on the horizon. And, and they none were, of them would be metal. And it was, it was, you know, wood and cloth or rum and sugar or cloth Spices and sugar. And yeah, yeah, like, and then, you know, finally it's like, oh, good. There's one that's carrying 200 metal. And I'm like, ah. I can't just <laughs> knock that down to 100. I yeah, have to have I all need, two. I need it because I need three, you know, I need, you know, 2,000 metal for the next upgrade to my ship. Because yeah. again, right, you do all this collecting and it goes, you put it towards stuff. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And and for that, right, like Mm -hmm. you were improving the pirate haven, you were improving your ship, you were, there was a bunch of stuff that you could put those resources and materials and money towards. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Like, I I really think it took a lot of the best aspects of the last couple of games and really brought them together. Yeah. Like, I remember one of the things that I really enjoyed doing was the treasure hunting because it was a lot of puzzle solving, which up until this point, I don't think was in a whole lot of the Assassin's Creed games. If they did, it was very minimal. This one really took it up to the next level where I actually kind of felt um, Uncharted or Tomb Raider esque mm-hmm. in the hey i've got to go here i've got to solve this ancient aztec mayan yeah. kind of inca puzzle and like figure out how to get into this place to have this treasure well and the way that they do it is they right they give you these maps that just have a coordinate on it and then a picture so you go to the coordinate because on the map right there are coordinates because that's how you navigate yeah again keeping with everything super in line video games gotta be video but video games, games gotta be video games <laughs> and um yeah you would just get there and be like okay so i'm looking for three palm trees in kind of a triangular shape and it's right there. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you have like a rock or a sunken ship as kind of a marker. So you get to the coordinates, you look around, you find the ship. Okay, great. You look around. Oh, cool. There's three palm trees. You run over 
and then you get a prompt to dig and you dig and pull out this big old chest. Oh man, it's, it, was it was fun. Per- it was it perfect. Was it was awesome. Well, and, but I'm even talking about the temples themselves. They mm-hmm. had hidden temples around in which you would find like the the temple entrance, and it was like, okay, well, how do I open this? Mm-hmm. Right, and so then you had to like climb all over it and, and look around it, and then you would find the, like this series of triggers, and boom, 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 and then you could go in, and then there was more puzzles and more puzzles and more puzzles, and I was like, this is cool mm-hmm. because I do like the like. Uh, I call it like the Zelda dungeons, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have to figure out the puzzles in order to get on to the next step. I like puzzle solving. So here's a game that I already love because of the action adventure part of it. And the storyline on top of it was pretty good. Not pretty good. It was actually really good (laughs) for this one. But I was talking about overall. Now you've added puzzles where before you you really didn't have it. And Mm -hmm. it is something that you do see in the later games with this puzzle solving. They, they kind of bounce back and forth away from it and then to it and away from it and everything. But like, it was really cool. Now with that being said, our main character, I loved what they fucking did with this game. Like this is the first time that they went backwards in time Mm -hmm. from a previous title because beforehand we had, (laughs) we had Altair and then we had Ezio, and then we had Connor, and it was all progressing further in the time frame. And now we went backwards. Right, we're going to jump back a couple generations. Uh, yeah, yeah, because we're, we're talking American Revolution, and then now we're back into, I think, I want to say this took place in the like 1720s, 1725, something like that. Because it, it, it was pretty late in the golden age of piracy, mm-hmm. which ended around 1730. Yeah. Um, and of course, it was basically because these nations got really tired of being fucking robbed. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of banded together and really, really went after the pirates and actually kind of ended up turning pirates against pirates. From the legitimate information that we can find, of course, there is a lot of rumors and you know just just kind of made up stuff it's a lot of where our piracy stuff comes from comes from a single book Mm -hmm. that wasn't accurate to pirate life at all but it 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 made for a good read but in this you end up playing um kenway's story Mm -hmm. right and edward kenway yep which is the grandfather of connor correct from Assassin's Creed 3, mm-hmm. which as soon as you hear the name Kenway, Kenway. you're like, oh shit, they're related. Yeah. How are they related, right? Like, And I and I truly wondered this. Like, mm-hmm. is it great-grandfather? Is it grandfather? Is it father? That seems a little far-fetched because we know Haytham was the father. Yeah. Like, but, like, there's some relation here. And basically, you, you, you play Edward Kenway, and he becomes a pirate after killing another pirate hey guys just want to give you a heads up from here on out there's a ton of spoilers listen at your discretion well hold on let's go back to the very beginning right because okay technically you are actually playing the unnamed player oh right yeah, because because like, you do start off with entering in abstergo montreal which yep. i thought was hilarious considering where this game's made <laughs> way to be self-revelant ubisoft good on you <laughs> Awkward. (laughs) But yeah, you start as the unnamed character. It's all in first person perspective. And you And it's like your first day of work. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. You it's your first day of working for this company Abstergo. 
and you go in, you meet your boss, she takes you on a tour, takes you to your desk and basically says, your job is to play through, because here's what's going on in the meta timeline of Assassin's Creed, right? The real world aspect. Abstergo is selling handheld home versions of the Animus and what what your job is as the unnamed player, your job is to play through a person's life and determine whether it will make for a good game or not. And you get Edward Kenway, a yeah. pirate during the Golden Age. Yeah. So after you do your ropes, yeah, then you jump in and you jump into the beginning of Kenway's life where he's um, he's fighting with his girlfriend, wife, wife, I think. He's fighting with his wife. Um, she's like, my dad says you're never going to be anything. You're never going to make anything of yourself, but I love you and it's okay. And you're like, no, I need to go out and we, I need to make us rich because I want to give us a better life. I'm going to go privateering, I think is the, the, the verbiage that's used. Right. Yeah. And yes, then you are now playing Edward Kenway and you are the helmsman of a ship, which is attacked by another ship. Right. Which has, um, Oh, I totally spaced on his name. Bartholomew. No, no, sorry. That's, that's not, that's the sage. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm trying to think too. Um, what is that guy's name? Duncan Walpole. That's it. Thank you. Duncan. Walpole. He's, he's the Duncan rogue assassin. Yeah. Duncan Walpole is an assassin who is switching over to the Templar side. Yeah. And you and him crash land. Or you guys fight during a storm, your ships sink, you both wash up on shore. Duncan goes a little crazy. <laughs> a little crazy. <laughs> and you end up fighting him, killing him, um, taking his clothes, and then you rescue a merchant who's also on this island being held by British soldiers. Mm-hmm. And he takes you to Havana where Duncan was going because he you had a meter. What? That's where you meet Rogers. Oh, you, yeah. Havana. Eventually you get there, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I just remember meeting Rogers. No, uh, it's, yeah. Um, the Cuban governor is uh, Torres. That's the guy that oh, Duncan okay. was going to meet. So you go to meet him and... Because at this point, all you know is, hey, there's this place that's got a ton of money in it. Yeah. I want to be there because I want to get my fair share of it. And then I can, like, marry the girl of my dreams. Yeah, and then me yeah. and my girl can be good. But while you're there, you're found out and you're captured. And this is probably my favorite sequence in the whole game. Because you're, you're, locked, you're shackled in the hold of a ship next to a slave named Ottawale. And you're like, that's right. Hey, help me escape. And you guys can come with me. So you break free of your chains, breaking through, running through the ship. And then you're jumping from ship to ship during a storm until you get to this brigadine ship at the front of the fleet and you all converge on it and you take it over like real pirates do and you sail off and you sail to a port and this is where, you know, one thing that we haven't touched on in any of these, what the music. And do oh. you know why? Cause I never noticed the music of Assassin's Creed yeah. until this one. Yeah. The intro music, when the title screen happens, yeah. some of the shanties are amazing. Yeah. Like there are a yeah, couple they've, of, they've kind of, and I'm not trying to diss on the music, no. but it was something that up until this point, it didn't, 
it didn't draw me forward. Mm-hmm. It was just something that was on in the background. Yeah, there were a couple of songs in three that were okay. I don't even remember that, man. So yeah. good on you. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> but that's my point, right? I can't remember any of the music in Assassin's Creed 1 or 2 or Brotherhood or any of those others. Yeah. No, I, I know this one in particular, what you're talking about. Like when that, you, you pull... You, yeah. <laughs> and you pull away from the ship and you're you're overlooking yep. the Caribbean and it says it's Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed 4 Black Flag. Yeah. And you're just like, holy shit. Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah. Well, and he, like, he, like, unwittingly, like, that's that's the one they renamed the Jackdaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they take over the ship, rename it. It's now the Jackdaw, which is his ship. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, like, unwittingly becomes a part of the assassins yeah. right? by, by basically taking out Warpole, He, he gets himself involved in this situation uh, where he basically becomes a pirate. Like it wasn't his original plan. He didn't actually set off to become a pirate. He did set off to become a privateer, which is an actual profession. But in this line of events and him escaping and Ottawa being his, you know, first mate and mm-hmm. all that other stuff, he, he becomes a pirate and he uh, basically learns that the British and Spanish empires are being ruled by the Templar Order and that they're trying to band together to wipe out piracy mm-hmm. um, and, and an attempt to find the first civilization structure known as the Observatory, which we later find out is this, this relic that allows you to basically see where the fuck everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, and was it everybody of somebody's certain heritage or was it everybody in general? I can't remember. I, because I remember it took blood to mm-hmm. operate. And so like a part of me thought maybe it was somebody that genetically through one means or another, right? Because by this point in time, we share heritage with a, a shit ton of people, whether it be second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever cousins right yeah through that you could see like your own family or if it was everybody i can't remember no it's it's you can monitor anyone with their blood sample with theirs yeah so if i had a sample of your blood i could go to the observatory put that sample in the machine and then see exactly where you were and what i'm doing yeah awesome so super creepy shit for Abstergo to get their hands on, which again was the sole purpose of this, right? Abstergo has always done this because one of the one of the things that we skipped on was so you know Desmond dies in the third one, and we talked about it in our last podcast. Desmond at the end of it, we you you get that little thing of they're they're picking up Desmond's body. What they actually do is just collect a bunch of fucking samples mm-hmm. from it, um, and they collect them soon enough after his death that they are still relevant. So they're still using his DNA mm-hmm. to run through um, the animus. And, and this I, is one of those stories. And I, I like how, like, you don't know that at the time you learn that later on through doing certain things. Cause yeah. there's, there's an unseen character who is helping you like over the phone you yeah. know, saying, go here, let me open this door. Now hack this terminal and then through the right, and this is all stuff that's up your alley. Is building on this that overall story. Yeah, and yeah, you you learn that after Desmond died. Which I got to be honest, hmm. I find it very curious that a day one employee mm-hmm. who has no knowledge of what's going on, they are just a simpleton who goes into a place and starts to work there. 
is so blindly willing <laughs> to follow some some random person who calls them and says, hey, I'm not going to tell you anything about me, but I need you to go to this place, go to this place, and, and hack this terminal. And, like, let's be honest here. By this point in time in life, we hear the term hacking, and we know this is probably illegal. Yeah, but... And like, but he does it so <laughs> willingly. Well, like, there is no argument. Now, in the real world, in the meta world, right, I loved the fact you could go through other people's computers mm. and you could find documents on what happened to Desmond and what was happening afterwards. You could find little passwords and security codes and get into certain things and watch certain security footage of conversations. Like, it really kind of fleshed out what was going on in Abstergo mm. during the whole time of Desmond. Which that part, I got to say, I really enjoyed because it, it gave us the other half of the story or most of the other half yeah. of the story. Yeah. So you, you don't know that right away. You just know you're you're in this system. You're doing it for this entertainment thing that they're doing and you need to live through this life. But really, the Templars are looking for the observatory, mm -hmm. which somehow Edward comes across the sage, which, yep. you know, it, it is a major factor in all of this. Who supposedly knows the location of the observatory, which yeah. is part of the reason why they're going through his life in particular. But on that tour, right, like on that on that way to that goal, he basically ends up hooking up with all of these other pirates. Mm -hmm. They start a pirate haven, mm -hmm. um, which, of course, they call the pirate utopia, which quickly becomes an anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> And basically is on, like, the verge of collapsing because of, like, lack of economy, outbreak of disease, the, you know, like, just just their general way of life, well, unfortunately. Yeah. And the founders, which are, like, Blackbeard, um, James Kidd, uh, Mary Reed, if you want to go by that, Vane, like, and, and Edward, like, start fighting amongst yeah, themselves. there's a whole bunch of infighting. <clears throat> because of what's going on, and they all have these different things of like, well, let's go back out and pirate. And some people are like, well, no, that's the whole point of this place. What's well, to get away from doing that? Um, like, you kind of had like three different storylines going on, right? You Like, you had your meta life, you had the pirate story, and then you had the assassin story. And Edward was kind of connected to all three of them. Which I like, I thought was really cool because it never felt like no matter what I was doing, it wasn't tied to something bigger, mm -hmm. right? Like I thought that was really cool. It was something that hadn't been done. I didn't feel like there was any such thing as like a side quest. Yeah, you know, like it was. It was just yeah, questing. Yeah, it was. You were either taking a step more in involving this story or you were out doing piratey stuff yeah to build up yourself enough that you could do this <laughs> well but even then that kind of took a step in the piracy story mm -hmm. so like even if i was just doing open world blanket piracy i always felt like i was working towards that pirate utopia yeah because i mean yeah because you're upgrading new iguana i think that's what it was called because uh, it, it it's called a pirate republic and it's in Nasua, not Nasua, N A S S A U. I can't remember how to say that. That's Nassau, but Nassau, whatever. No, Nassau was one of the couple of towns. Um, no, because I, I specifically remember you seize control of Nassau and establish the pirate republic, and that's how, that's where it all starts, right? But because you don't really elect a governor, you don't really have a set of laws, all that other stuff, it it ends up falling apart. Great, great in agua. 
that is where your actual pirate base is. That's the town you build up. That's where the manor oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. No, that's, no, no. That's okay. That's we're why talking I, about two different things. Yeah. Here. I'm talking about the pirate topia. You're talking about your personal your per- base. My, yeah, the personal base. Got you. Yeah, sorry. No, you're you're totally cool. I Yeah, no, because it, you even work towards that, mm-hmm. too, which I was like, this is kind of cool. But yeah, like, so through it, right, you, you end up taking out these certain Templars. Mm-hmm. You basically decide fully that, you know what, I'm going to become a part of the Assassin Order. I'm going to help out. I'm going to stabilize the Caribbean. And you you do eventually come upon Bartholomew Roberts, who is the sage. Mm-hmm. And is the person that basically both sides are fucking looking for. And eventually, you guys do uncover the location of the observatory. And you have to retrieve the artifact that powers the observatory. Because, like, blood is what triggers and and you can use it. But, like, there's a a specific power source. And I can't remember what it was. Me Um, either. But, like, you you find it and you basically quickly get betrayed Mm. by Roberts. And... You end up in prison for the crimes of piracy, <laughs> which is where you you meet um, your mentor, right? Like, and this is when you actually truly become an assassin, right? Because you meet your mentor, um, Tabai, Tabai, Atabai, Atabai, or we're gonna go with that, right? <laughs> um, and you fully elect to join their order, and you basically begin chasing down Roberts and the rest of the Templars to kind of like retrieve the artifact for the observatory mm-hmm. right and get rid of the templar rule over the caribbean and so like as you're doing this you end up retrieving the artifact back you end up killing roberts you return it to the observ- observatory and then basically like seal away the observatory because again it's one of those artifacts that goes against the whole purpose mm-hmm. of the assassin's order I'm trying to remember what happens after you do that because, like, I think at that point you're just able to finish up things. Because, like, the, the pirate utopia is completely collapsed. Um, You try to, like, you try to help stabilize it. Like, because this game was so weird because you didn't just focus on one thing, right? Like, I could bounce around between all these things. Yeah. And so, like, I think at this point in time when I was playing the game, I finished up the piracy storyline, which you're trying to, like, you go in, everything's falling apart, everybody's kind of turning on each other, and you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let's stick together, but by that point in time, it's too late, like, the Templars have basically used this to turn the pirates against the pirates, Mm -hmm. and it, it does kind of break out into a little bit of a war, Blackbeard... Right, like you become very close with Blackbeard. Oh yeah, and um, he basically is like, "I'm done, man. I can't, I can't do this anymore." I, you know what I love about that? It's it was so cliche, but honestly, at the moment, I didn't care. He literally is like, "I'm two weeks from retiring," and then they get into a big battle, and he dies. <laughs> right? Like I was just like, "Oh god, it's it's the fucking stormtrooper all over again." No. <laughs> <laughs> any any sort of cop in an 80s action movie that he's like i'm two days from retiring you can go you're gonna be you're gonna be dead by the end of this movie you're wearing a red shirt (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um but yeah and that's basically what he does you have this huge pirate battle between Mm. everybody which a lot of them die oh yeah and um vane and what was that other guy's name uh uh, not hornigal um 
Rackham. Uh, well, I don't remember his first name, but uh, Vane and Rackham, they're they're like a pair of pirates. Rackham. Yeah. I don't remember Rackham. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? It's Calico Jack. Okay. I was going to say, maybe, maybe that's Calico Jack. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, John Rackham, but otherwise known as Calico Jack. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because um, again, all the pirates are in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like... And not all of them, no. but a good chunk of the major pirates that were around during this time period, or we we believe to be around during mm. this time period in the Caribbean, they're in this fucking game, and it's yeah. amazing because you make friends with them, and you go on like raids with them, and you take over ports with them, you and it's sail like, with them. Oh yeah, and it's I, so cool. I have to one hundred percent admit my bias. Up until this point, all the other kind right in the in Assassin's Creed two, you had Da Vinci and Machiavelli, yeah. and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. In three, George Washington, you had George Washington, ben Franklin, ben Franklin, right? You yeah, had, you had those guys, and I was like, all right, you're kind of. But in this one, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. They're pirates. I love it. I'm and I fully am aware of my bias. <laughs> but even then, though, they did, they did right by them. Mm-hmm. I really do. I I really think they did. Like they stuck with who they are and what their purpose was, and even the, their codes, their morals, the type of personalities. Like the documented evidence that we have about these guys, even though it's fairly fairly limited, mm-hmm. they stuck with that, and they they. They may have fictionalized some of it, but they fictionalized some of it in order to incorporate some of these stories Mm -hmm. that you hear about them. Like, I remember there's one part where Blackbeard's telling you this story of what actually happened. And you're like, oh, I heard that, but I heard it like this. And he's like, yeah, I know you did. (laughs) Because he wanted it to be told like that. He wanted the actual story to be kind of just like a footnote in this grander epic thing Mm. of the legend of Blackbeard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. (laughs) That's so cool. And I'm not a big pirate fan. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a big pirate person, but I loved that fact so much in this game. (laughs) Just so much. Like, it was amazing. I really like, right? I mean, I I like how they made the Jackdaw a character. Right. Right? It is 100% just another... I, I don't know about you. I got so attached to that ship. You're right. Yep. You could customize the figurehead in the front. You could customize the sails. You can customize the flag. <clears throat> you could customize yourself. It, I like there was a level of customization to the ship that you never got in your fucking character. Yeah, <laughs> like just, in all the games, yeah. you couldn't customize your character as much as you could customize that fucking ship. Yeah, like it, it was amazing. It just, I mean, right? Because really, they didn't actually do anything else other than like the guns you still have your you still have a sword or mm-hmm. in some cases you could have two yeah you had your assassin's blade mm-hmm. no no little blade no knife no tomahawk or anything like that no. you, but that's where you i think it got replaced by the multitude of fucking pistols yeah you had. I was going to say, because you had pistols, you had bombs, um, you had a blowgun that you eventually got. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Right? With your typical, this one is poison, and this one is... Or no, this one makes makes him go to sleep, and the other one was berserk. That's it. Um, You know, so the, the equipment part didn't change, but because they took it to this open world sailing direction... Yeah. It was it was fine. I mean, you could still even you still even had the rope dart, but I was like, that's fine. But they got rid of like the finishers. Like I don't remember doing finishers. There's a sword set called the pistol swords. Those had unique finishers. Literally, 
double stab a guy because basically they were pistols on swords. Yeah. And, you know, like you would stab a guy and then pull both the triggers and he'd go flying across the deck of the boat. Or you'd cut him down, stab it into his back and then pull the trigger again. Those were the ones that I remember. There were a couple of ones, but again, not like the other games. Not well, not like three. Three, Three specifically. So many, and you used your opponents Mm -hmm. and everything like that. I don't remember doing that a whole lot in this one. But then again, I also don't remember a whole lot of hand to hand combat on ships because I blew them the fuck out of the water. (laughs) Like, it was amazing. (laughs) I you could still do the human shield thing. That was a carryover from the third one. If somebody was shooting at you, you could grab a nearby enemy and use him as a human shield. shield. In this one, and I don't remember it if it was in the other if it was in three. In this one, if you were if you switched to unarmed you could actually do a counter and take that person's weapon. Yes. So a lot of times, yes. right, you have a guy with a musket. He would go to stab you with the bayonet. You could counter, take it, kick him off of the ship, and now and you've sh- got a musket to shoot somebody. <laughs> yeah, and you would. You would shoot him or you could stab him and mm-hmm. shoot him and then, like... It but, was it was a it was a quick like one and done weapon. Yeah, but, again, but it was still fun. Yeah, it was gonna say, but again, right? I mean, I don't mind the lack of development in those kinds of areas. I was about to say they developed so much because everything else. else. Yeah. yeah. So for me, that was kind of like the last official mission that I did. Mm-hmm. Right, was the death of the pirates. Yeah, and then once that happens, you get a letter, um, basically telling you your wife is dead. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have this little girl who's left all alone and you're like, oh, shit, I got to go home. Like, I, I OK, guys, I got to pack up my toys and I can, I can no longer play pirate and I've got to go home. <laughs> and like you make your way home and God, do you remember the name of his daughter? Because I know she takes up Jennifer. Yeah. With her mother's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she she kind of doesn't really like respect her father. Which, can you blame her? Yeah. So he he goes home, but he basically promises his mentor, like, I'm not going to stop this fight. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take it to a different front. Because, of course, he takes all of his fucking money and everything like that, right? And mm-hmm. he basically becomes British royalty. Yeah. Like, he, he becomes a really powerful man in um, Britain. And he had no idea about her. So he's, like, really upset about that. Goes back... And then it goes into, like, a cutscene, right? Where, mm-hmm. like, it shows years later, Edward is going to the opera with his son, Hatham. <laughs> and I, like, I remember just being like, I knew it! I fucking knew it! <laughs> and, like, I like I lost my mind. Because the funny part about it is, if you remember the first mission in the third game, mm-hmm. is Hatham at an opera house. Yep. Like... I was like, this is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the same opera house. It's the Royal Opera House. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so like, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Because this is the first time that, not Brotherhood or Revelations, Mm -hmm. because you're playing the same character. Right. Right. But this is the first time two of the Assassin's Creed games were directly connected with Mm -hmm. each other. You are literally playing a character's grandfather who you meet the character in between Hatham mm-hmm. in both games. Yeah. Like, yeah. You start as Hatham in three, switch to Connor. In this one, you start as Enway, as Enway, as Edward. And then you finish by seeing Hatham. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's fucking cool mm-hmm. because you, you don't do that in any of the other games. Yeah. Now, and, and, 
that was basic. That's basically the end of Edward's story. Like I remember, and I I always found these fascinating, right? And I, I would always kind of keep track of it because he would basically say that like like after that cutscene, you can go back out on the ship mm-hmm. as Edward sailing around, and I was like, this is cool. Um, because he basically adds in a note of like I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna be out for a little while, finish up some things here, and then I'm gonna return to Jennifer and Edward or Haytham, sorry, mm-hmm. Jennifer and Haytham, and like that was it. That was your little cutscene as to why he was back in the Caribbean, sailing on the Jackdaw with his crew, yeah. right? Um, like I always find it funny. Like, how are you gonna tie this together? How are you gonna keep this game going in case if I didn't finish everything? Which, by the way, before I finished the game, I finished fucking everything (laughs) um because i always do Mm. like i always have this weird thing of like i feel like i'm getting close to the end of the main storyline so i'm gonna go and finish up all these side quests and (laughs) get all these collectibles and then finish the main storyline right like uh, it's a weird sixth sense i don't know um but yeah so but while that's going on right back to meta prom uh, modern day for this time period which we're in 2013. I, I even want to say that it's in 2013 in the game. Because, of course, Desmond stopped the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And as we previously discussed, they took samples of him. That's what they're using to make these entertainment games. Mm-hmm. Well, the unnamed player, and literally in everything that I have read, researched, all of that, and as far as I can tell... He is completely unnamed. Yeah. Like, you don't even have a name tag on the outside of your cubicle. No. Gets contacted by a guy named John. And John is Abstergo's entertainment information technology manager, mm-hmm. right? And he convinces, somehow, to get the player to go through and do certain things and hack certain consoles and um, gather certain information, which he then has to deliver that to... Sean Hastings and Rebecca Crane, <laughs> which I thought was so cool that they're back into it because I'm like, oh, fuck, at least some sort of familiar face. Right. I, I remember the first time you do this and you get the piece of information. John is John says, go downstairs. There's a carrier waiting for you. You need to give it to them. And so I remember going downstairs, walking into the lobby and I heard Jess. I heard Rebecca's voice uh-huh. and I just remember thinking. That's Rebecca. And then I could, the unmistakable sound of Sean Hastings' mm-hmm. voice. And I'm like, Sean is freaking here selling coffee to Rebecca. This is awesome. I know exactly what's going on now. I am I'm directly helping the assassins. This is fantastic. Well, and that's it. Like, it made me go, holy shit, I'm an assassin. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm an assassin working at Abstergo. Haha, Abstergo, take this. So I, I like, I remember this being like oh my god i'm an assassin i'm an mm-hmm. assassin directly working for like abstergo ha now we're the double fucking agent yeah. you know because of lucy and then you basically find out you're not <laughs> you're not an assassin because sean like slips you an earpiece and he like he then kind of takes over and that's when you find out that john is not who he appears to be john is actually the reincarnation of the sage and what he's trying to do is get you to open up and release Juno so that you can be possessed by her. <laughs> but Juno basically says, like, look, I can't do it. You, you're not. The, this place is not ready for me. I can't possess you, basically. <laughs> like, 
the exorcism would be too rough on me. I don't know. So, like, she refuses, and you end up, like, getting into a panic because by this point in time, Absurgo has found the hacks Mm -hmm. and has realized, like, something fishy is in here, which, of course, John ends up getting killed by Absturgo, which Absturgo then goes, well, John was the hacker. Because, my God, what is it? Juno... Juno says something of, like, super importance. I don't know if you remember what it was, but I can't... She was just unable to possess you because of what was going on in the world. Like, the world wasn't ready for her. Which, again, another tie-in to what was going on, right? You know, I like, I remember... Yeah, so Juno couldn't possess you. It wasn't her time. Abstergo kills John, which is the reincarnation of the sage. And as the sage, Roberts admits to Edward that he has no allegiance one way or the other. He has no allegiance to the Sassars or the Templars. His allegiance actually solely resides with the first civilization. Mm -hmm. Like he is their bitch and he's completely okay with it. But yeah. So after John dies, the players then contacted by Sean and Rebecca and they continue their infiltration of Abstergo. That's when it happens. And you basically don't even know why, where the fucking sage came from, why he was there, or like the presence of any of his followers, which you find out are called the instruments of the first will. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, fucking religious cult much? <laughs> Stalkerish. But yeah, so it kind of, it does kind of leave you hanging. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And. I didn't even care because I got to sail on a ship. So we've talked a lot about how the parallel, what is going on in the real world and what is going on in the assassin world. And what do the two stories have to do with each other? This was only linked by the observatory and the sage, but it wasn't that of a strong of a connection. No, but you know what? Honestly, you made a fun game. This game was so damn fun. I didn't care. Well, I don't care that that connection isn't there. I don't care because the game is so damn fun and that's what a video game should be. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's super fun. And if you're looking for a parallel, I don't think there is any. Really, really there isn't. You're you're looking at a minor connection of Abstergo and the Assassins both trying to find the observatory Mm -hmm. through Edward Kenway's story. That's it. Yeah. Because... There's no, there's no outworld or you know real world protagonist that you're playing. Mm-hmm. You, you play a first person, no name employee. Yeah, like, you literally have zero connection to this guy. I remember Observo hunting you down, and me being like, "Oh well, I'm about to die. Fuck it. Oh well, right? Like, yeah." And that was that was basically. I had no connection to this yeah. guy that in which I was playing through his eyes, and nor do I think there was meant to. Be any. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think it was just their way of showing, like, hey, this is what's going on after the death mm-hmm. of Desmond. This is what is happening between the Assassins and the Templars. This is the new item they're after. Um, which, I will say, just overall, for me, has always been one of the big things. Because first we're looking for an apple. Mm-hmm. We find the apple. We hide the apple. Now we're looking for another artifact. We find the artifact. We hide the artifact. Now we're looking for another artifact. We find the artifact. We hide the artifact. Like, holy fuck, people. Like. 
Well, I mean, I, let's just say, right? The, the both sides are looking for the artifact. Templars want to use it. Assassins don't want it to be used, so they hide it. And the assassins are the good guys in this story, in and, massive air quotes. But in this in this story in particular, mm-hmm. who has the information as to where the artifact is? Somebody who's non uh, who has no allegiance to either side. Nope. Because Abstergo. They recorded the entire fucking thing of him playing through Edward Kenway, who finds the observatory and hides the artifact. I guess it's true. Not the not the assassins. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm like, really? <laughs> really? Okay, well, that's uh, three for the assassins, one for the Templars. <laughs> All right. All right. So far, assassins are still in the lead. But it, still, it was just kind of one of those like, okay. And outside of brief explanations, you have no idea why the first civilization made these artifacts. Mm-hmm what they have to do with each other. And to me, quite frankly, it gets even more confusing as the story goes on. And like in some of them, the first civilization basically disappears altogether. Mm -hmm. Like you learn nothing about the first civilization. You learn nothing more of them or of the artifacts or anything like that. So I'm just kind of like, are you losing interest? Are you running out of information? Or like, are you just at a kind of like writer's block stale moment with this? Because that's kind of how I felt in this was like, oh, Juno can't take over the world because mm-hmm. then it becomes too unrealistic. Fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> oh, we wrote ourselves into a corner. Basically. And that's kind of how I felt mm-hmm. like, okay, well now here's their explanation. Juno basically being like, yeah, I can't do this yet. I'm smart enough to know that I can't do this yet. So I'm not going to possess you yet. Have a nice day. Tip my hat to you. And at that point, then why the fuck did John groom this guy the whole time Yeah, to have this happen for Juno to basically be like, why the fuck are you here? <laughs> no, go away. Bad pony. <laughs> like, and those are the things that kind of get at me at an otherwise perfect game. And that's not even just this game in particular. That's the entire fucking franchise. Yeah. And I, I, I know this happens. Eventually, you run out of stuff. Like, there's only a finite amount of things that you can write about, that you can you can play games about, that you can can move forward with. Yeah. And up until this point, we have books, we have movies, we have video games, we have phone games. Um, like, there is so many media forms of Assassin's Creed, and so many stories being told. I was I was at at the end of this game. I was starting to worry, like. How good is this going to continue being? <laughs> was this was this their crown? Yeah. Was this it? And let me tell you, you know, in a future podcast, we're going to talk about the next couple of games. And the next couple of games made me definitely worry. Like, yep, that was it. <laughs> Assassin's Creed, Ubisoft, tip your hat, say goodbye. Yeah, Should have walked out. Should have should have called it a day. I'm glad overall they didn't because mm-hmm. they made a comeback. Yeah. But like, man, was it rough there for a little bit where I was like, yeah, you should have just should have yeah. just been like Assassin's Creed Four was was it, guys? Hopefully, you enjoyed our story. If you want to learn more, read the fucking books. Otherwise, have a good day. Yeah, I mean, we've been throwing a lot of praise, but I mean, a, a little bit of the nitpicky stuff, right? The combat was very basic. Press X to attack. Press B to counter. Some people have guards that you need to use A to. Blo- uh, some people have blocks that you need to use A to get around. Yep. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't Shakespeare, people. Like, it was not the best combat mechanic. It worked, 
But the problem was that you'd have enemies off screen. You would see a quick indicator and then they would jump in screen and they would hit you. So it was it was problematic that way. So I know how you're using that term. It wasn't Shakespeare, but mm. to me it was. It was super fucking repetitive <laughs> compared to every other fucking game, which is just like Shakespeare. Well, I just meant it, it wasn't as uh, refined, I should say. I, I As I said, I know how you were using that statement, but to me it was like, no, actually, look at how many similarities it does have to Shakespeare. Like, oh, no. How dare you? I am going to kiss my bride because I am a 16-year-old performer that's trying to read shitty lines and have no idea what I'm talking about, but I get to kiss the girl I have a crush on. This sounds very much like it's taken from personal experience. Maybe. I have never been a Shakespearean actor. Okay. Never once. Okay. But I have been able to kiss the girl I've had a crush on. Uh, oh. Anyway. Hey, uh, giving a girl flowers after they perform in a Shakespeare play works every time. but (laughs) so that's the thing it was it was it was very cut and dry it was very simplistic and this is one of the few times where i will preach simpler was not better Mm -hmm. in this case and yes it's nitpicking otherwise a fabulous incredibly fun game which i would totally go back and replay i would push anybody to play it if they haven't you don't even need to play the other fucking (laughs) assassin creed games which is one of the magical moments about this Mm mm-hmm is you could literally just jump in right at this game, not give a fuck what's going on in the real world, and have an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so fun. So, yeah, like... So, yeah. You're, you're, you, all we have is nitpicks. Yeah, right? I mean, so... So when you were cl- so collecting the shanties, they would fly away from you, oh, and some a. some of those things were bullshit because <laughs> running from rooftop running to from, rooftop, yeah, and... like they follow a path, and you either have to find your way to get ahead of them, or you try to chase them and not screw up. And this parkour you system had to be perfect. Yeah, this parkour system was not as fine tuned developed as it is currently. It still had its problems back then. So that. Obviously, right? You meet James Kidd. You totally think he's a kid. The voice actor is very feminine. You can clearly tell that it's a woman. So it's no surprise when you find out that James Kidd is really a woman. You know, it's just, again, it's just like... But I don't think it was meant to be. Like, if you read historically, everybody who knew James Kidd knew James Kidd was not James nor a kid. (laughs) Like, well, Ed, well, Edward plays it off because, right, you're sitting on the rooftop, you're talking to each other, you're going about to do a mission, and, like, you look, you, I just looked away from the mic. Because you're amazing. <laughs> <Yep>. <clears throat> so you're, you're, both of you were sitting on the rooftop, right? You look at Kid. He looks like James Kid. You look back, you hear some wrestling, you look back, and now Mary's got her hair out and she's wearing lipstick, and she's going to go down and be a distraction. And he's like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> What the deuce? And I am I am sitting there going, well, duh. <laughs> you couldn't tell by the voice? It's, again, it's Either that nitpicky. dude was a eunuch. Yeah, right. Or... Yeah, again, it's nitpicky little stuff, right? I mean, yeah, the graphics don't hold up today, but who cares? I don't... I, I disagree. Eh. I played it a little bit in preparation of this, and <laughs> I think it was still fucking amazing. Well, I mean... Granted. Yeah. We do have better graphics. Like, Again, take any of yeah. the newer games, even Odyssey, like, which I, I honestly feel like basically from this game, 
to Odyssey, the mm-hmm. graphics in Assassin's Creed didn't change that much. They're they're still very similar. It's just the speed in which they're doing it. The, yeah. The, 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 the clarity, the um, not so choppiness, mm-hmm. right? Because, of course, like, TV technology has increased. Gaming technology has increased. Like, I have an 8K television, you know? Like, not that it gets to utilize all 8K right now, but... It definitely adds in some part when I see a wave and I'm like, I can pixelate that wave right fucking now because <laughs> it wasn't meant to be played on an 80 inch television. Mm-hmm. You know, it does the best it can. But so, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but I don't think it was that bad. Man. No, like in, I, in, in grand comparison, even to today's stuff. I like I said, right. I mean, if you being forced to nitpick some of the less than stellar stuff, I'm really having a hard time. Right. I mean. All the enemies look the same. All of the enemy, all of yep. you've got your general the, swords guys. You've got your big heavy guys with axes. You've got your swift tend guys. To look repetitive. The ships look all the same. So there's different level of ships, right? There's schooners. There's brigands. That are or, yeah. I'm just gonna call them brigs. There's schooners. There's brigs. There's <sighs> come on, come on. You got this. What are the fucking frigates? Frigates. Thank you. There's frigates. <laughs> I was trying to get you to do There's frigates and there's man of war and they all look the same. But when you board them, there's different levels of things you have to do for schooners. You have to kill five people before you can take the ship over Briggs. You have to kill 10 frigates. You have to kill 15 plus do like some other weird thing, right? You've got to cut down their flag, kill their captain, blow up their gunpowder barrels. Yeah. Something. And then men of the, the man of warships are the worst because you've got you to end kill up having to do it all 20 people and you've got at least captain, th- two objectives. Yeah. And-, and that never changes. Right. I mean, what you have to do might change, right? One and to a certain extent, it, it is yeah. very repetitive, but, but again, we're making a game in which, you can openly fight mm-hmm. ship after ship after ship after ship after ship after ship yeah. after ship. And realistically, I think in this game, I destroyed so many fucking ships. The British and Spanish armadas would no longer be armadas. It would be a man <laughs> yeah. with a fishing boat going, I have a pistol and I'm going to try and fight the jackdaw. Oh, and, because I like killed right? so fucking many of them. Well, and not to mention there's four legendary ships that are super hard to take down. You can, I, love them. I loved those fights. Those, those are super good. good fights. Yeah. Didn't even talk about diving bell. You get a diving bell. Yeah. And there's these really fun underwater sequences where you've got to go from, you know, underwater barrel, swim through some seaweed, look out for the shark or the eel. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. this really cool Easter egg where if you, you dive into now, this is somebody who has a, a an irrational fear of giant squid, but you dive into a sunken wreck, and if you look out one of the windows, you see a sperm whale fighting a giant squid. And even me, who's terrified of that, thought, oh, it's really cool. Now I'm not going to look. And it just had such depth to it. Again, no pun intended. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I got caught up in the irrational fear of giant squid. Um, what? Why are you afraid of giant squid? Because they're huge and they're real and they could literally eat you whole. And that's terrifying. They have a 60 foot tentacle reach, which means you wouldn't even know it was there. And the tentacle could reach out of the ocean, grab you and pull you down to its giant beak and eat you. Yeah, because that happens. Crazy. That's why it's an irrational fear. <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> uh, no judgment. Total judgment. I, I can't even watch. And seriously, I can't even watch Finding Dory because there's a squid in that. I can't watch it. 
I literally have to hide. But that's not even a giant squid. I don't care. It's giant in comparison. It is terrifying. The only giant. So do you adopt the idea that the kraken is a giant squid or a completely different monster of its own? No, that's that's like a fake mythological monster. Oh, okay. But it's based on real life on giant squid, which are real. They are real. You you think it's based off of real life? Well, that's my assumption. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my assumption is that a whaling ship saw, or a merchant ship a was attacked by a giant squid. And because nothing that size had been recorded at that point, yeah. the myth of the Kraken was created. Yeah, no, I know giant squid are hmm. real. They wash up on shore all the time. I just, I think that's funny because like we don't live anywhere near the ocean. <laughs> that's why it's an irrational fear. I admit that it's a stupid fear. I get it, right? People are scared of spiders. People are scared of heights. These are all things that you can, you know. I'm making fun of you. I'm afraid of any water in which I can't see the bottom. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Don't. Yeah, no. We we recently. People find hilarious. Mm. Oh, I'm scared of. Because I I was in the Navy. No, I don't. I don't care. But I'm, I'm afraid of deep water. Yeah, I'm. I don't. But it's not just deep water. Like a fucking murky river mm-hmm. that's muddy and murky and everything. And even though I know it's only like a foot deep, I can't see the bottom of it. Nope. Fucking out. Yeah. Out. <clears throat> yeah. But all right. Sorry. Sidetrack. Right. It really, I, I didn't know of this. Giant, I'm like giant squid, giant squid fear. Yeah. No, it is. Um, it is one of my irrational fears. Wow. Okay. But, but anyway, so no, that is amazing. You're right. We didn't touch on those things because, and that's part of it though, is like, there is so much mm-hmm. little stuff to this game that just makes it amazing. I had a real hard time because in the last podcast we talked about that, you know, once you beat a game, you get sad mm-hmm. and I beat this <laughs> and I was like depressed. <laughs> I really was mm-hmm. like, because. As I said, I didn't just, like, go through the main storyline and be like, oh, well, I still have all these other little side quests and little treasures and all this other little stuff that I can find and mm-hmm. still hit these synchronization points and all this other... I completed it all. Yeah. So when fucking Edward went home, I went home with him. Yeah. Like, that was basically it. Like, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Yeah, that's that gaming melancholy. Yeah, and I, like... I remember being it, looking at my wife and being like, so what do I do? <laughs> and she's like, well, you got this game. And I was like, no, it's not the same. Well, you got this game. No, no. I think I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. I really got like depressed. I need to go it, sulk. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it, I was just sad mm-hmm. that I, it, it was over. Yeah. Like, and I kind of wished like there was more. Mm-hmm. And granted, they did do more. They they came out with um, Freedom Cry, Freedom Cry, yeah. Which you play the first mate. Well, Wally. Te- well, okay. So I didn't correct you before. Technically, he's the quartermaster, not the first mate. There is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. You're right. He is the quartermaster because he makes things go boom. No. 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 <laughs> Um, but no, you play him. If you look, so if you look at the, <laughs> I'm a nerd. So if you look at the hierarchy of a pirate ship or ships in that time, captains were only actually in charge during times of conflict. The quartermaster had control of the ship all the other time. Yeah. So they were the ones who decided where we're going and what we're doing. The captain had a say in that, 
But when they when it came time to fight, the captain issued the sole orders. So the quartermaster and the captain worked very much hand in hand. Yeah. So that's that's me taking a hit off of my nerd. Never mind. Anyway, continue. Okay. So. <laughs> so yeah, in this one, you play as He's doing like a the- lot of weird stuff in this one, folks. I'm just saying it's it's there. <laughs> I get to witness it face to face. Like you would be amazed. So in this one, you get to play as Ottawale, who's the the quartermaster. Also known as the first mate. I did, just to piss him off. Um, And, um, well, at this point in time, like, if I remember, Edward's no longer on the ship. Yeah, because this is, uh, that one is, like, 20 years after Black Flag? I don't know how long it is after Black Flag, but I know Edward's no longer on the ship. Mm -hmm. And Ottawale is not just the quartermaster. Like, he's... He runs the ship, like not just in what you're saying. Like he runs it oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, he is the captain and the quartermaster. Um, but they were still working under basically like Edward's orders. Yeah. as an assassin. Yeah, Ottawale was a full fledged assassin. Yeah, and um, basically in that one, while you were trying to you know intercept Templar activities in the West Indian Sea, right. Um, you end up shipwrecked in Haiti and you make your way to Port-au-Prince and you basically find out that the Templars are working with Bastien Joseph, Josephe, Josephe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I didn't play this one. It came out as its own standalone game. If you wanted it to, there was enough content in it for it to be its own standalone game. But it was originally a DLC, which I think is hilarious considering several of the last ones that we played, we talked about how standalone games could have just been a DLC. And this one happened to be both. Um, Because originally, you needed Black Flag in order to play this one. And then they basically went, you know what, we'll just put this one out on its own and you don't need Black Flag to play it. So that's why I say like it's a little bit of both. But, you know, overall, you're you're just, you're more thwarting of Templars, more, you know, blowing shit up, more looting stuff. It, it was a little bit more of the pirate's life, but I, I'll be honest, like, even with, I, I didn't play and complete this, mm-hmm. but the brief play that I did, it wasn't the same. Like, it right. wasn't, which, which really bugged the hell out of me, considering what it was based off of, and they could have kept a lot of it there, mm-hmm. and it just... It didn't have the same feel to it. It didn't, and it wasn't that I was playing Ottawale or anything like that. It was just, it was just the overarching storyline, the way that it kind of moved forward, what was happening, limited world, like it just different feel to it. Mm-hmm. Not that it was bad. It, it's still good if you can do it, play through it. Absolutely. Um, I know that, like at one point in time, both of these games ended up on the PlayStation Plus free to play list. So if you happen to pick them up, absolutely give these a playthrough because mm-hmm. they they're fun games. And Freedom Cry does add some more information on um, basically what was just going on around that time period. It doesn't necessarily add more to what's happening in the real world, mm-hmm. right? So this is solely just to continue on that pirate experience. But like, yeah, man. Once once it was done, it was. What else is there to do? Like, you can repetitively sail around on your ship and blow up other ships, which is fun. 
mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah, I mean, but if there was nothing else to kind of like, well, fill that up with. Well, once you get all the upgrades, you don't really need the resources anymore. I but like, it's still fun to blow up ships. I like how you know Edward's whole thing in this game, right? I mean, if if we look at the whole part, right? He yeah. is doing this so he could become rich. By the time I finished, I had over two hundred thousand reals. Royals. No, it's reals. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Royals. Well, I mean, then I'm saying that I'm pronouncing it the Welsh way because that's how Edward says it is Rayals. Yeah, that would be the Welsh way. <laughs> and but, so I was like, oh, why do I need to do anything with the assassins? I have all the money in the world at the time. Two hundred thousand sp- gold pieces. But that's the thing. I think at I'm that, rich. I think at that point in time, mm-hmm. his perception of the world and the situation in which he was in had changed absolutely it wasn't such a selfish Mm -hmm. quest it turned more into hey this is what's going on in the world around me yeah and it's not just about me becoming rich Mm -hmm. which he well was like i'm pretty sure i had something close to that if not a little bit less (laughs) right like oh yeah sorry i just remembered something we still haven't talked about continue um but, like, even in the story, when he's in prison, he's in prison for a little while. And he kind of reflects on everything that's going on and the choices that he made. Because the choice to fully become a pirate and do this stuff was to get rich. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes, like, oh, fuck. There is this much bigger thing at play that could affect me more than just being rich. Mm-hmm. Like, this could affect me, my children, my grandchildren, my fucking next door neighbor. You know, my third cousin twice removed who I married as a sister. I I don't know. Like, he basically realizes that. And I think that's why at the end of the game, he's still working for the Templar Order. Because he realizes there's something much bigger. It it could also be because he also realizes, like, well, I'm fucking rich. (laughs) And I'm good at this. Yeah, like, (laughs) you know, the money ain't half bad either. So, and what is it that you remember? Speaking of money, this is the first Assassin's Creed game that I remember having a companion app to it. Did you mess with that at all? A little bit. Because, so once you're on the Jackdaw, you can go into the captain's quarters and there's three different things you can interact with. You've got uh, a silhouette that you use for your outfit and your gear, right? Your swords and your guns. The other thing is a a model of the Jackdaw, and that's for you to swap out components. You can't buy new ones, but you can, you know, change the sales and stuff like that there. For whatever you have. For whatever you have unlocked. Yeah. And then the last thing was you had a map that you, so you could take over ships, and if you didn't blow them out of the sea, like some people in the room, you could add them to your fleet, and then that fleet you could send and run missions. And the companion app allowed you to do that when you weren't actually playing the game. I had three ships in my fleet. Oh my god! I had a, I had <laughs> I had a full allotment of men of war. Oh, because yeah. and I was no, just I think sending I had, those things out everywhere. I had two schooners and a frigate. <laughs> you didn't like, imagine much, huh? I like, dude. I was like, "Fuck you, boom!" <laughs> <laughs> There was no capture takeover. <laughs> Fuck you, boom! Oh I was gosh. so bad. Well, and even that's because, cool. like, I, again, I messed around with it for a little bit, yeah. but I was like, "Fuck this! I'm not wasting my time." No, and you don't even have you don't even have to do it. It's really just a way to earn more money. But you make money every other way that it really doesn't matter. Well, even but even away from the game, you mm-hmm. come back and you're like, "Hey, I've earned this much money." Yeah, like, I mean, I remember that. And I'm like, "Oh shit, that's a lot of fucking money." Yeah, I mean, especially some of those big ones, you get tons of money coming in. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, but we didn't even right. So as you're doing this, you actually are accruing wanted like levels. Yeah. By shooting ships, and then these crazy, not super hard. I mean, it, at first they're hard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, not super hard. My ass. Well, yeah. <laughs> my ship sank a lot. <laughs> Do you know what? You know what sank me almost every single time? Water Giant squid. No water spouts. Uh-huh. <laughs> the water spouts, right? During a storm. You, cause that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing, is that you'd get different kinds of storms. Sometimes it would just be heavy rain. Sometimes it would be heavy rain with water spouts. Sometimes you'd get rogue waves. And those water spouts literally had it in for me. I mean, no matter what I did, I could not outmaneuver so, them. So define a water spout, because I'm not, I'm not familiar with that term. So water spout? Yeah. Just imagine a tornado, but instead of wind, it's water. And... I it, thought those were called something different. I, I just remember calling it a water spout. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it may have a more scientific technical term, but that's... Yeah, I like, I, I thought it did. And I, I may be wrong, I, but, like, no. because I know we had, like, tornadoes, and then there was, like... It's not tsunamis, because no. tsunami is a giant wave. Yeah, but there it's not is, a hurricane. Yeah, but there is a, a technical term for a tornado that is over water yeah. instead of land yeah no i just remember calling it a water spout i i just wanted to make yeah. sure because there were others with whirlpools mm-hmm. and that that would really fuck me when i would get caught into a whirlpool i never remember whirlpools oh you don't remember the whirlpools oh mm. god yeah because it wouldn't like destroy your ship mm-hmm. but it would greatly hinder your ability to do certain oh, shit boy. until it went away yeah and it would damage it a little bit but it wouldn't like destroy it and then it was like fuck now i've got to like put money into fixing this shit (laughs) and yeah because those would always catch me the water spouts i got to a point where i went storm (laughs) (laughs) and i literally like i didn't care if there was a quest i would go around the motherfucking storm (laughs) because again to me that's more realistic Uh uh-huh people didn't sail through storms if they could prevent it yeah right and, and they would. They would see a storm on the horizon, and they would literally change their course to sail around the storm. So that's what I just started doing. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. yeah. Like, nope, I'm guilty of... I just turned straight into that thing. God, I loved the storm so much. They were so much fun. The music got all intense. I will say... The rogue waves I were a lot of fun. I wish they would have added... Like, you know, we talked about... Um, in the last one, them adding certain ridiculous things. Mm. And this, I wish they would have added, like, certain, like, mythical beasts. Mm-hmm. Like the Leviathan or the Kraken or, you know, mm-hmm. or even, like, rumors and tales of them. You don't hear anything about no. it in the game. Um, because I think that would have been cool. That was a huge thing of this time period of them. Mermaids, uh, harpies, sirens, mm. um you know, a lot of them take those and go, oh, Greek mythology, Roman mythology. But no, those were something that well into God fucking close to the Titanic. People talked about amongst the open the ocean like the ocean was one of the biggest fucking wonders of our world. Still is. We know more about this. We know more about the moon than we do our own oceans. Yeah, we know more about the ocean than we do our own mind. That's also true. So, like, to me, we understand more about the ocean than we do most other things in the world, actually. Like, we're still finding, granted, we are still finding new species and everything like that. Like, my favorite thing to tease my sister with is the goblin shark, which is the most fucking ridiculously ugly fucking shark in the world. 
and I'll just like throw her a meme with it <laughs> on it every once in a while because it drives her fucking insane. And this is a recent discovery. Like we are still discovering new fish and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. And we still have new myths, like still theories about certain creatures that live in the depths of our ocean. And I get that. But we're talking, this is back before sonar was even invented. Before we knew what the bottom of the ocean floor even looked like. Now, for the most part, we have all that shit mapped out. Yeah. Except for some of the, like, the deepest crevices. We know what's down there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we even have advanced technology where we can drain the ocean. <laughs> and, and, like, there are shows about this. So, I think that, like... If they would have incorporated mm-hmm. some of those things, right? Right. That would have been really cool. Because, like, in Assassin's Creed 3, mm-hmm. they do cover, like, UFOs and Sasquatch, right? And you basically, like, debunk them mm-hmm. to find out, like, Sasquatch is just a, a, a big man who wanders the wood in a bear outfit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and it's not that he's... Dressing up as a bear, just dress up as a bear. It's he's wearing the bear fur to stay warm, and he's just a mountain man. Yeah, you know, like it, it's nothing like mysterious about it. It's just people only caught glimpses of him because he stays the fuck away from society. So let me ask you this, right? Based on that, would you rather there had been a quest chain, like a maybe just maybe like a side mission kind of quest chain, where you investigated mermaids and found out that they were not real, or what if one of the random times you were down in the diving bell, you just saw a mermaid and then she swam off? I was waiting for that. Yeah. I really was. Every time I went down in the ocean, I paid really close attention <laughs> to what was around me. Right? You made a comment about the sperm whale and the giant squid. I briefly glimpsed it and I ended up having to like go back and really look at it because at first I thought it was their interpretation of... The Kraken, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, shit. And then I realized, no, it's a giant squid and they're they're doing their thing. But, like, to answer your question, I, I think either way would have been fine. Like, it would have been funny, you know? Mm-hmm. I probably would have preferred the quest chain that proved that they weren't real. Like, it was just manatees, you know? <laughs> okay. Which is the common belief, right? Uh, yeah, like, absolutely. it's just manatee. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been funny. And, and to a certain extent, and I, I know we're going to talk about this game later on, they do do that. Like, if you play Odyssey, you go through certain Greek myths, and you hunt these monsters. And now, granted, they made some of the monsters real, like Cyclops and Minotaurs, mm-hmm. right? But, like, Medusa wasn't real. You're basically on a drug trip. Yeah. You know? And, and it's shit like that. And you're like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. But... If they would have done something like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. fucking, he sails through this mist, and this mist has some, like, hallucinogenic property or some shit, right? Like, right. I could think of a million different things to do. But, you, oh my god, there's a mermaid, and then you, like, dive into the water, and you try and hug it, and you, like, come to, and you're hugging a fucking manatee, <laughs> right? Like, that would have been that funny. That would have been fun, too. Just, yeah. Just to kind of incorporate mermaids into it in some way. Some way. Yeah. Well, again, these mythical creatures. Because mm-hmm. they still would... He would have believed in them. Absolutely. Right? Like, legitimately, if you were sailing through a storm 
and a fucking giant squid tentacle came out of the water and tried to wrap around your ship, everybody on that thing would have been like, fucking crack it! Yeah. <laughs> like, it would have been real. Mm. And I truly believe that. Like, I, I agree with the fact of, like, that could have happened. Because, again, we were as new to it as it was to us. Mm-hmm. And through animal history, animal human history, an interaction like that could have very well taken place in the early days of us sailing deeper into the ocean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because now it's like, well, what is this motherfucking thing? You know, like again, sharks don't attack people because they know they're people. They attack people because they think they're seals. Yeah. Like here's this giant fucking thing and I'm pretty fucking hungry. So (laughs) let's give it a go. Right. Yeah. Or it could have been the exact opposite and been like, well, that thing's way fucking bigger than me. So I believe it attacking something smaller, like a schooner, which would have been smaller than a giant squid Mm -hmm. compared to the frigate that you're driving. You know what I mean? Well, you're in a brig, but yeah, is it a brig? brig. I thought it was a frigate. No, trust Um, me. It's a brig. (laughs) I'm, I trust you, even though you couldn't remember what the fucking ships were called. Um, I mean, what? Oh, sorry, buddy. (laughs) Like, it still would have been cool if they would have incorporated it. And at first, I thought they were. Like, when you go on these fishing um, expeditions, right? Mm -hmm. You're fishing for legendary fish. What was that for? Oh, because I just looked up the average length of a schooner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It the length was 131 feet uh-huh. and a waterline length of 30 feet. So, giant squid could have easily taken that down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Please continue. No, you're good. You're good. It's interesting facts and fun <laughs> with Chris and Caleb. <laughs> giant squid will eat your children. Oh, God. <laughs> so anyway, continue. So like. I think that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been cool if they would have incorporated some of this stuff into it. Not that I'm saying that I, I'm upset that they didn't. Right. Right. Because again, I'm very much more for the realism of the game. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it's seeded in. Factual events in history with fictional characters. Yeah. Like it, it's cool. It's interesting. God, there was a couple of things like, and I, I don't I don't want to directly say them because I don't know if they're absolutely true. But I remember like there there were some events that I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I think this is like a myth mm-hmm. that happened. I, and I believe this game had a couple of them. Like, again, the UFO and the Sasquatch from 3. This one had its own little set of things. But there's so much more they could have done. Yeah. And it would have been awesome. Not that it wasn't already awesome. Right. But I mean, it, yeah, I mean, at this point, we're just arguing, how could we make this great game even better? <laughs> well, so it uh, allows, you know, it ships me a saber, a sword, and a ship, and <laughs> I get to go out onto the ocean and fight giant squid. <laughs> oh, you're just talking about in the video game, not in real life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was basically it. That's all I got. Make the game better. Um, no, like it, it's the game is pretty fucking good to begin with. Yeah, um, I think wholeheartedly you, agree. Well, and it just like it upsets me to know that the next couple of games failed so epically. Um, 
after something like this. Like they had such great potential. Like mm-hmm. we, God, I remember talking with friends and being like, "Oh my God, you could do this. You could do this. You could do this. You can make this connection. You could do this. You could go here. Like you could go down fucking Jennifer's t- storyline and everything like that." Because you know, and just start connecting all of these games. Now, mm-hmm. granted, in the past, right? Technically, they're connected because your connection is Desmond. Mm-hmm. This took it one step beyond Desmond because technically you're still connected by Desmond. Yeah, but this took it one step beyond. Like now, the characters in his own lineage are directly connected. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you are playing somebody's grandfather, who you also played the father, who you also played the son. Like yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Three gens right there. Yeah, done and done. And it was it was awesome. Yeah, and I think it's part of what we as video game players kind of wanted to see it was it was cool right assassin's creed was the introduction to the mechanics in the world in this underlying battle between assassins and templars two was really cool because it was a really unique time period it brought in people from the real world again it you know built upon what assassin's creed one had already done three was just Mm -hmm. kind of more of that sort of formula and then yeah you get here and it's like well now i'm actually seeing direct correlation Mm -hmm. between what i'm doing in four and what happened back in three yeah and the people are that close to each other because yeah you're saying there's years between altair and Ezio. well and and depending on who you talk to Mm -hmm. right three is the close of the desmond saga or four is the close of the Desmond saga. Mm-hmm. Like, it really depends on who you talk to. Now, um, to me, I think it's four. Because literally, after this one, they no longer number them. Yeah. This is it. Yep. Like, everyone after this is just Assassin's Creed blah. Like, you had Assassin's Creed one, two, three, four, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So, and... No other one directly ties to Desmond. Yeah. Like, as far as I can remember, I may be wrong. If I am, go ahead and free, feel free to shoot it in the comments. Um, I will be more than happy to look that up. But I really think every other game after this, it, they don't they don't tie it as closely. Like, you don't even really play, like, a character necessarily outside of the Animus as much as you even do in this one. Which, this one was Far less mm-hmm. than any of the other titles before it. So, like, I really think this was the close of, like, the open... Basically, the beginning of the Assassin's Creed world, mm-hmm. right? Like, this was their masterpiece. I, I, like, <laughs> I, I don't... I, I know I struggled to say it there, but really, it was just kind of like... I was trying to think of a grander word than just masterpiece, because it was. It was, like, the cap of their... Hey, look, this is everything that we did. Mm-hmm. We've given you everything. Like, you know, as much as we do at this point. Like, boom, done. Here yeah. you go. And I I like, I remember people going, yeah, they, they added in this little bit for you to be able to like, if they decide to make another one, they could. And then... <laughs> It would tie in, but I don't really see him doing it. Like, they really wrapped it up, like, the documents that you read and all this other stuff. And Abstergo won. And I'm like, ah, fuck Abstergo winning. <laughs> Abstergo didn't win shit. Three to one. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. And they're one. 
doesn't really give them any other power upside of like, hey, I got your DNA, so I'm going to watch you cook dinner. Right. Or, well, I mean, you know, we'll think about the implications of that, right? I mean, oh, I, I'm going to watch this guy cheat on his wife with his mistress. Use that to pull some political power over him. Oh, yeah. No, there's, there's still definite ways of like abs- uh, asserting some sort of control over people with this one artifact. But even then, they make no comment mm-hmm. as to them actually pursuing it yeah um i don't know about you i cannot remember in any further game this artifact coming into play in any way shape or form the observatory yeah i don't remember (laughs) and nothing so if it did it was so insignificant yeah no and honestly i think from here on out i think the game's kind of they use the artifacts merely as MacGuffins, but it became MacGuffins. i like that word i'm sorry (laughs) But it became less about them. I mean, yeah. you know, case in, in point, right? In Syndicate, there's the Shroud. But who cares? Yeah. You know, again, it's the thing that's driving everything, but it's never... The thing that's driving nothing. Yeah, but it, it's never it's, it never felt as important as, you know, the apple in the first one. Or or even in the second or, one. Or, yeah, the staff in the second one. Yeah, well, the staff and the apple in the second yeah. one. But, yeah, no, and like... But again, like there's certain staples, mm-hmm. revenge story, yeah. artifact, assassins, Templars, like there, there's always... That's the formula. That's basically it. And granted, they did great off of this formula, mm. but this was kind of like the capstone to that, like to me. Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't go on to make greater things and, and everything like that and other really good things. It just, this one was kind of like the, boom, we did it, baby. Yeah. And and we're good. And they could have. They could have stopped right here. It would have been great. And it would have been. I would have been a little sad because it was such a great game. I would have loved to have another one. But mm. given the next one that they gave, nope, I could have been good. <laughs> I could have been good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess, right? I mean, we've pretty much covered everything at this point. Right? Yeah. Any other super cool, unique set pieces you remember? No, dude, no. Like, yeah. literally... There, there was a lot in this game. Mm-hmm. As I said, if you've never played an Assassin's Creed game in your life and you really have no interest in doing so, I'm going to smack you with a dead fish mm-hmm. that I fished out of this game <laughs> and tell you to at least play this one. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It's... In, in all actuality, there are a few games on my list that I will tell you, like, these are must-play mm-hmm. games. And this is one of them. You know, like, the, the storyline was great, the action was great, the freedom was great. They're just, this is definitely one of those games that I would I would tell you, like, dude, yeah. stop playing that shitty little fishing game or Stardew Valley and fucking play this. Because <laughs> if you regret it, I don't know if we could be friends. <laughs> you know, like, I... Yeah, I I have to Maybe agree. Maybe that's extreme. Yeah, but. right. No, uh, this is one of my top five favorite games of all time. This is absolutely one of my top five. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, either you have no interest in playing it, in which case you're missing out on something that's a lot of fun, or you've played it, and then I would just tell you go back and give it another playthrough because yeah. it's it's never not it's never not fun. Well, and I'm curious, mm-hmm. and, and I want you guys to come in and and come at me full force. Those of you who fucking hated this game. <laughs> 
come at me, bro. <laughs> like, I want to know. And I want to know why. Like, come, like please, mm. inform me. Maybe there's something missing. Maybe I'm coming at it with a biased point of view. Because I do like pirates. Mm. They're not my end-all be-all because, come on, I'm a motherfucking T-Rex. Mm. Um, yeah, anything dinosaurs, fucking sold. Don't even care. Fucking sold. Assassin's Creed Jurassic. Dinosaurs. Assassin's Creed Jurassic. <laughs> You play as a Velociraptor who is revenging his parents from the de- from being murdered by, by a, a Templar T Rex. Think of that too. Like, I was like, be soft if you're listening. Please use this yeah, game idea. I yeah. would totally play it. I was like, Velociraptor, that would be the assassin. You're quick. You're nimble. You have the giant claw for stabbing. Nobody goes into the tall grass. Yeah, you hide in the tall grass. That's that's the that's assassin. totally assassin way. Man. <laughs> that's, anyway sorry we digress yeah there there's just very few and and i really want to know because i have yet to talk to somebody who went i hated this game yeah and even if you didn't hate it if it just wasn't even one of your favorites please i want to know why yeah like i am super curious because i am just having a hard time finding flaws with this game yeah i i'm same as you i've never met anybody who said that they hate this one people either either say i liked it and it was good or that like us they, they love loved it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know anybody who is at the hate scale and right? there's got to be people out there there and does. i'm just and i'm hoping I'm, i i know this sounds bad i'm hoping i'm hoping one of you is it yeah. Like, I really... Not so that I can, like, tear you to shreds. No. Because that's not what we do here. No, we want to have the discussion. We want to have the discussion. And, like, it's it's amazing. It, it, it and, and this is the perfect outlet for it, right? Like, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily review games. We do go over a lot of aspects, storyline, equipment, all that other stuff. But we want to know opinions. Mm-hmm. Because if you haven't noticed, there is a lot that me and Chris don't agree on. <laughs> but... I always enjoy having this conversation with him. And now, like, here's a game where we both are both on the same fucking page. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get some difference of opinion yeah. in, up in here. I just want to, yeah, I just want to know what elements. I mean, granted, you know, we already hinted at it, right? After a while, the ships get monotonous, get monotonous and repetitive, right? I mean, you could even, I know. You, you could even say that the graphics aren't up to standard, up to par, or whatever. Well, but that, unfortunately, I feel like that is something that you could say about any game yeah. that is seven years old. Well, you could say that about any game that's six months old. Yeah. Like, as new games come out, there's a new standard of graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, at the time of recording, the PS5 is coming out, the Xbox One X. Wait, no, sorry. Xbox. What is it? The. Cube? What is the new Xbox? I'm sorry. I'm totally drawing a blank now, and I fucking know it, but like... Xbox Series X. Thank you. And Xbox Series S, and then there's the PS5 Digital Edition, and and, you know, those new next-gen systems are coming out. We still have the Switch, which even then, the full capabilities of the Switch haven't even been touched on. Like, with that, newer stuff is coming out, and the graphics are updating. There are games coming out for those things that, like, I've watched previews for, and I'm like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not even the full graphics of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, the PS5 is going to be 8K capable. Like, that's 4 more K than what I got right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I'm I'm super excited about that. 
there are these beautiful games coming out for these these systems. So yeah, a game that I played last year compared to a game that I'm playing today, are the graphics really going to hold up? Well, see, and that's and that's part of the problem, right? Is that my favorite game is 23 years old and the graphics are terrible. What games? Final Fantasy VII, favorite game of all time. I would. For, I'm not going to argue against you. That was amazing. Game. I was going to say. I awesome. mean, I know. I. It, it, it's an it's an it's a required niche, right? If you don't like Final JRPGs. Fantasy games, JRPGs, games yeah. that are tw- you know eighty hours long <laughs> or more. Well, and like, but they did the remake. Yes, I know we haven't done a, done one on the remake, and I I hope that we will. But they did the remake. I'm just saying, yep. it's fucking amazing. They did add some shit, but I don't give zero fucks. No, about yeah, it. the original Final Fantasy VII is 23 years old at this point, and yeah. the graphics are terrible. But came out on the PS2 and three discs. It's PS1. Was it PS1? It's PS1. It no. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. I thought it was the PS2. That's no. even worse, man. Yeah. That that breaks my. I'm old. <laughs> I am fucking old. Graphics it, don't really matter. I'm mean, to, well, to, to me. some right to some <laughs> of us. So there's a certain individual who will rena- remain nameless that recently asked me for some advice on good PlayStation games to play, but they are very picky on graphics, yeah. and that's hard. It really is because mm-hmm. depending on the style of game and everything like that. So even then, to me, the graphics in this mm-hmm. stay on par with Assassin's Creed Three. All the way up to maybe even Origins. Origins is maybe a little bit better. And by a little bit better, I mean mainly they're just like smoother. Mm -hmm. A little bit more refined. But basically the same. It's like if you ask me the difference in in graphics between Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 3. The art style is the same. Mm -hmm. The graphics have changed a little bit. But for the most part... Borderlands 1 is not an unplayable game because it really closely resembles the graphics of Borderlands. And that's what the Assassin's Creed games have kind of kept up on. Not to say that they aren't improving the graphics. It's just, I don't think it's that big of a degree difference. No, I'm, and you know what, I'm, maybe I'll get lucky and they'll do a remastered version with updated graphics and that'll just be even better. Of Black Flag? Black Flag. (laughs) So... (laughs) For those of you who have not been catching up, I know we don't necessarily talk about a whole lot of news. Don't mark that out of the, the category of being possible. What? There is a plethora of PS4 games that um, they are making graphic patches to to be played on the PS5. Right now, the list mainly consists of PlayStation exclusive games. Mm. So God of War, Spider-Man, those type, right? But, and I'm going to speculate that, like, emphasize this, not speculate, emphasize this. It is just a rumor. (laughs) A lot of the bigger, more popular games, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Mm. Final Fantasy 7, the original they are going to make updated graphics for. So, like we were just talking about Final Fantasy VII, right? Mm. They're they're making the remake. This is them making an updated form of the graphics for the same type of game. So in the remake, 
you don't have the same combat system, the turn-based, all of that. The updated graphics will make it look like the characters from the remake, but with this, with the um, the turn-based style combat system, the third-person over the overhead view of you running around as Cloud, mm. like that's a that's a huge rumor to mm. me because that's like well they're already redoing the they're already doing they're, the they've already done the remake yeah yeah one. like they're 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 doing this so why would they take the time to do that but then i really thought about it and went that actually wouldn't be that hard well, <laughs> and it would be an easy cash grab because all the people who love it i would buy it that's all yeah, yeah. done so yeah. I have bought so many versions of Final Fantasy VII. It's not even funny, right? I yeah, <laughs> and, but and that's it. Like, but um, God, what is, Assassin's Creed Four, Spyro, mm. Crash Bandicoot, yeah. like all of these older, like around 2013 on to present, heavy hitting PlayStation games. They're trying to go through, and if they're not PS exclusives. They're trying to go through and get permission to or get these companies to release a graphics patch. Mm. I would love to see this game on PS5 yeah. with a graphics patch. I'm pretty sure I would blow a hole through my jeans. <laughs> like, I no, because you, you remember when this game came out. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember going, oh my God. I was saying... <laughs> I was just sitting on the couch and the boat is just sitting in the water, rocking back and forth. And my wife comes in and goes, what are you doing? I was like, look at this. Look look at that island. You can see birds flying Mm -hmm. above it. Look at it. Look at the water moving and the ship rocking. Like, look at, look at, oh my God, it's a fucking whale. (laughs) Like, I lost my mind over how beautiful this game was. Yeah. You're telling me you're bumping into the PS5 graphics. I fucking heart attack yeah and again don't get me wrong the graphics aren't that terrible but just making them better just makes the game that much better (laughs) yeah well but and again like odyssey i don't feel like is that much different than the graphics here it's a lot of seafaring battles Mm -hmm. you know riding around on the boat whole nine yards like island to island land to land all that stuff like there's a lot of similarities between these two Mm mm-hmm and i don't feel like it's very much difference in graphics so if something if graphics is something that kind of like bugs you i wouldn't be too concerned with this game i would still recommend it for yeah you because it's it's not that far away no. from what's currently out there all right i know i keep rambling on about this shit i, I probably wrap it up yeah sorry <laughs> sorry folks please don't hate me <laughs> um so yeah so that there you have it two huge recommends from two big fans huge um recommends yeah and i think that's it so that's it. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And until next time, game Game on. on. Thanks for listening to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. The opinions expressed in this discussion are those of the hosts and may not reflect the opinion of No Tokens Required. No Tokens Required is not affiliated with the electronic entertainment discussed in this podcast. The properties mentioned in this podcast are the intellectual properties of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Game On is an exclusive podcast of No Tokens Required created in 2020. No part of this podcast may be used in any way without written authorization from No Tokens Required.